0: Hi there, thank you for joining me today. I'm Father Patrick, and this is our podcast for College Catholics. Today we will be speaking about the sacrament of confession, particularly the seal of confession. And we'll we'll look at the example of a great saint who suffered in order to be faithful to to that seal of confession. So I'll be welcoming two young men to talk about this. One is Colton, who has already been in a podcast before, and he's a senior in college, so he'll be graduating this coming May, 2023. And Ben Hufford, who's uh, actually graduated last May, and he's now married, and he and his wife are dedicated to the Catholic campus ministry uh, at the Grotto at Hillsdale. So we're actually doing this recording here at their house, so we're on the road today. So welcome, Colton. Welcome, Ben. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic.
0: Very good. How, what, what, what have you been up to lately? Call
1: uh, well, recently I went over to a friend's house and I made some homemade pasta along with like this white wine sauce, some chicken and asparagus. It was really good.
0: Is so. that the first time you do pasta?
1: Oh, no, I make pasta all the time.
0: Oh, wow. We, I, I didn't know that. So no, it's, You'll it's, have to make some for us.
1: It's actually cheaper and it tastes better than going to the store of and course. buying pasta. So
0: just a bit of flour, some eggs. Wow. And you, Ben, what have you been up to recently? Wow,
2: recently craving some of Colton's pasta. I did not know that either. (laughs) Um, lately my, this past weekend, my in-laws have been in town. So Shelby and I have been spending some time with them. We also hosted our ministry hosted our, uh, parents weekend wine tasting this last weekend. So that was a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of the students' parents. Um, and that fundraiser is also our biggest fundraiser of the year. So that's what helps us keep our ministry running. Of course. Um, So, yeah, that was
0: a lot of fun. That's awesome. And also, I guess that all the parents get a chance to see where the children go to Mass because they can be on campus and then go to Mass, and then the parents get a chance to see the place where the children grow in their faith and so forth. So that's really good. All right, very good. Well, we've been speaking in the past episode about the Sacrament of Confession. Um, So I thought I'd give uh, a short recap before we... Address the example of Saint John Nepomucene. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, so, the sacrament of confession is one of the seven sacraments of the Church. Of course, because of that, it's been we know it's been instituted or established by Jesus Christ, just as all the other seven sacraments, uh, six sacraments. Uh, through the sacraments, God God forgives the sins of the person who comes to confession, and that person is also called the penitent. Right, so. Uh, we'll talk about the penitent, that means the person who is going to confession. Uh, So only those who have been baptized can receive the sacrament for the forgiveness of sins committed after baptism. So the idea is that um, baptism forgives all the sins that we have committed in the past, um, and it makes me, the receiver of baptism, partaker of divine grace. So then if I commit a mortal sin, after that, I cannot receive baptism again. So the only way to uh, receive com- uh, forgiveness for my sins is through the sacrament of confession. So on the part of the penitent, there must be three things for a valid, let's say, reception of the sacrament of confession. Uh, first of all, there has to be a true contrition for all their sins. They have to confess their sins, at least the mortal sins. Uh, and they, when they confess those sins, they have to say the kind or the type of sin and their amount or the times that they fell into that sin. And then there must be uh, reparation for the sins committed, which normally means that uh, you have to fulfill the penance that the priest gives you uh, in confession. Now, the minister of the sacrament is the Catholic priest or uh, the bishop. And uh, this priest is, of course, a human being, right, consecrated by God. But God delegates to him the power to forgive sins in God God's name. So for uh, the forgiveness of sins or absolution of the sins confessed, The priest, in the name of Jesus Christ, lays his hand on the penitent and says the formula of of absolution while tracing the sign of the cross on the penitent. And that formula, you may or may not hear it each time. Uh, Sometimes the priest may say it in Latin or in English. So one of the unique elements of the sacrament of confession is that the priest is bound, right? When I hear confessions, I am bound by a sacred duty to keep secret any sins told to the priest in confession. So this is what we call the seal of confession. And this is a very sacred obligation that the priest has. So if a priest makes known what a per- what person committed a particular sin, so the person and the sin, that in itself is a grave uh, crime, it's a grave sin. And he uh, maybe he is excommunicated uh, by the very act of revealing that sin, right? Um, so he's not allowed to say anything to others directly or indirectly, or like may- maybe by signs. He can't say anything that would reveal uh, sin confessed in uh, confession, and that's um, very important because then we preserve the anonymity of the penitent, and also because it's not this knowledge is not given to the priest as his personal knowledge, um, but a knowledge that is owed to God. Right? So. Um, only because he's a minister minister of God does he happen to hear those he- things, right? So he's acting in the name of God and therefore he must keep those things uh, personal to himself, uh, a uh, secret. Mm-hmm. So a great example of a saint who kept this uh, seal is St. John Nepomucene, all right? Also called St. John of Nepomuc. So here Colton is going to give us a little bit of a... Uh, Conversation or short uh, bio about St. John of Nepomuk.
1: That's right. So John was born in a small town called Pomuk, and nowadays it's called uh, Nepomuk. Uh, And uh, basically Nepomucene means the guy who's from Nepomuk. Right, 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 right. So yeah, that's that's a great start. So he comes from that town, and um, he ends up in Prague, and uh, he actually is appointed uh, the confessor of the queen of the time. The 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 king at the time uh, he was, um, Wenceslaus the fourth. So not jolly old King Wenceslas that we hear about in the right. Christmas Carol, but right. like that was you a know, saint. Yeah, exactly. But you know maybe like his great great grandson or something like that who wasn't so great. So uh, basically, King Wenceslas the fourth. Uh, began to have some suspicions that maybe his wife might have been unfaithful to him in some way.
0: Right. And if I'm not mistaken, that may be partially because the king was also sometimes unfaithful, right? I don't know. I I think he he was not the best husband. Right, right. So then he was doubting that the wife, the queen, may not be very faithful as well. Right, exactly, exactly. Along those lines.
1: Yeah. And, and that's also all in the context of like a lot of kind of weird church state tensions that are going on. Um, uh, you know, the, and so the, the king was kind of looking not only to, uh, you know, he was looking not only to find a way to like confirm his, his jealousy or his suspicions, but also, uh, he had kind of like maybe some bigger problems with, um, you know uh, how, the authority of the bishop the the authority of the bishop and uh and so uh basically what what eventually happened is he uh began to ask John to uh just give him some sort of sign or show him if his wife wasn't faithful and John refused and he continually refused in fact he refused to the point where uh the king decided to actually begin torturing him and uh, so he subjected John to several tortures. And uh, after John continued to refuse to reveal um, the contents of the Queen's confessions, um, the, the king had his tongue removed and he. So cut,
0: they cut off his tongue.
1: That's right. That's right and because the king knew that this wouldn't go over well with um, the ecclesiastical authorities, he took John to a br- he had his henchmen take John to a bridge and throw him into the uh, the river that runs through Prague,
0: yeah so he's a martyr for
1: the seal of confession that's exactly it wow right and not only that but he is also in some ways a, a martyr for you know the the church remaining faithful to its mission overall in the context right. of like some of these difficult
0: um, political situations. Not right, on... right? Because uh, sometimes we, when the ch- the church is in different countries, right, mm-hmm. and very usually, very commonly, right, the civil authorities want to have control and power over the church, right. But in reality, the church is in a sense, above the countries because it's universal and it's right. supernatural, and it has a supernatural goal that is bring people to salvation while the state has to help that salvation from a civil point of view. Mm-hmm. Right? So they cannot have complete control over every church affair because there are things that are from a spiritual nature.
1: Right, exactly. And so, you know, when we see even nowadays, there are sometimes countries and courts that request priests to come in and testify what was given to them in confession. And they simply can't do that because, you know, confession is of a supernatural order. Right. Um. The, the penitent comes to the priest because they're coming before the throne of God and the judgment seat of God um, to confess their sins and look for you know, um, justification and redemption there. Exactly. So it's, it's a higher court than any earthly court. Absolutely. And, uh, and so that's why, like, even in our contemporary context, we, we still see this struggle today. And, um, you know, confession is like, um, ultimately, um, God's system of justice. Right, 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 right.
2: And didn't you, go to Prague recently?
1: Oh yes. What uh, was that like? <laughs> well, uh, this past summer I was able to visit Prague for a couple of days. I went with my family. Um, that was actually really incredible. Prague is a beautiful city. Um, it has a very, very rich Catholic heritage. And, uh, you know, I got to go across the bridge where, um, St. John Nepomucene was actually thrown into the river wow. and, and drowned. Um, after that, I went up to the top of, uh, one of the tallest hills in Prague, to the St. Vitus Cathedral, and, um, you know, they ended up finding his body, and uh, then they, they, they have a tomb up there, a very, very beautiful tomb, uh, up in the St. Vitus Cathedral.
0: Wow, incredible. So I, I asked you to talk about St. John Nepomysian, but I didn't know that you had visited. So yeah, that that's was right. So that uh, was providential.
1: Yeah, a, a bit of providence, a bit of providence. So you yeah.
0: were able to pray before his tomb? That's right. Right. Well, hope you prayed for all our priests that we are all faithful to, oh, as she sure. was. Wow. For
1: sure. And not only that, but um, a lot of bridges that I walked across in Europe. You know, Rome, uh, Germany. Uh, like they, they would have these images of Saint John Nepomucene because you right. know, since he was martyred on a bridge, he became the patron of, of bridges. So no hopefully, way. all the people who That's are passing awesome. over bridges won't have to, you know, undergo the the, the same
0: thing he did. You know. Wow, is there <laughs> anything else else about Saint John the scene that you wanted to share, or because I have a couple of questions that I'd like to sh- ask you guys?
1: Right. Well, you know, it, it is interesting too, um, because he does. You know, he is kind of a a really big deal for like the um, Czech Republic too. They see him as a national hero, right. which is which is really neat. Like, you know, they're one of the they're one of the countries that get to have like a saint as like. One of their, Absolutely. you know, so-called, like, founding fathers. Well, so we have a
0: saint as a founding father here in the U.S., that is St. Junipero Serra. At least That's the Pope right. said he's one of the founding fathers. That's right. Although many people won't consider it, but he was the founder of all the missions in California. That's right, so yeah. So, saint St. Saint Junipero Serra, mm-hmm. awesome saint. That's right. Very good. Well, I have then a question for you guys. What's your experience with confession? Uh so that suppose that you were to have to give your witness to young college students mm-hmm. um, about why would you if you would recommend maybe it was a bad bad experience <laughs> I don't know I mean I know people with bad experiences and I am sometimes I'm sorry uh, that uh, you know there there have been we're human beings and some sometimes we have bad experiences um, but what was your experience with uh confession Colton and Ben um and uh yeah what would you say to a young man who's maybe doesn't have any idea what confession is about and or is struggling or is concerned about like what to say my sins to a priest or to a human being whatever
1: all right yeah well i i really started going to confession regularly meaning about like once a month once every other month in high school and i just remember Uh, It was just because I started praying a bit more and I realized this is something I really need. This is something I really need. You know, as you come closer to God, you see your own faults so much more clearly. And um, you realize that you have a lot more need for God's mercy. So I, you know, I remember going back for the first time in a while and just being like entirely nervous and scared and embarrassed and ashamed. And I went in. And, you know, after, you know, I saved my worst sins for the last and like, you know, hesitated a while. But once I got them out, man, what an amazing experience. I just, my soul felt so clean. I, saw, I felt so pure and just so loved. Uh, that, and that was incredible. And, um, you know, that's, that's what really inspired me to start going on a regular basis. And, you know, I don't, I don't have those feelings all the time when I go now. I, I do, uh, you know, do my best to go pretty frequently. But I do notice that um, since I've started, you know, habitual confession, ever since I've tried to go regularly, like, I, my, my life has just really improved dramatically. I, I feel like I'm a lot more focused. I know what I'm about, and I know what I'm pursuing, which is Jesus Christ.
0: Right. And in a sense, uh, frequent confession, confession does not only um, forgive sins, but also it's like a remedy and strength mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it strengthens you for future to avoid future sins for sure so on Ben what yeah. was your what's your experience yeah i was going to say i feel like there are two
2: two main two main ways that i experience the sacrament of confession and one is is more spiritual and one um, is is almost more emotional i li- i liked that Colton brought up the fact that sometimes when you confess your sins you like god blesses you with this this feeling of of renewed purity of closeness to him um, and like a, a stronger resolve um, and which, is which is very special. I, I sometimes when I go to confession, I feel that way um, and that, and that's awesome. Um, but the other thing I think to keep in mind is the fact that that is not what the sacrament is really for. Like that's a, that's an additional blessing that sometimes God gives um, through the graces he gives in the sacrament. The main way that I, that i experience confession regularly like every time is it, i it just feels like it's it's easier to resist sin like in in the confessional when you make a good confession you you receive these graces to resist temptation and especially to resist habitual sin i find in my life like the the easiest time to to resist temptation is like the 3 days following confession. So I I don't maybe I need to start going to confession every 3 days. But um
0: <laughs>
2: at least at least regularly and and I find in my life when I feel like I I'm just getting beaten down by temptation and then I I stop and realize that it's it's just been like too long since my last confession and I need to I need to get back and then um so it's it's a really it's a really just a good habit for for a strong spiritual life because you 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 really do get these real graces to to resist sin and then sometimes you get the graces to to have a have have a, have a more emotional experience which is beautiful too
0: right right and one thing just to clarify that um it's not necessarily something you're going to feel right so mm-hmm. but still you know that's a good thing of our faith right that we are told we know that through the words of Christ our sins are forgiven right and that's what we're looking for. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can be assured that your sins are forgiven and you leave, uh, you can go to com- communion. And mm-hmm. if you die in, in that state, you, you go to heaven. Uh, so, yes. that's, so that's what. Yeah. Now, you've been, you had a, a, a question or something, a comment you wanted yes. me to do. Yes.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you, Father, if you could maybe explain why, because I definitely have been asked a bit, and maybe Colton, if you weigh in on this too. Why, so, why should. Catholics go to confession with a priest instead of just confessing their sins directly to God.
0: Uh, good. Well, that's a good question. Um, so Colton, what what's your take?
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe my... you,
0: you know more than I do. So, I... <laughs> oh,
1: stop, stop. Yeah. Well, the 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 first thing in my mind is, um, you know, I. I know that um, the the priest, when he does his office, he acts you know in, in the person of Christ, and um, you know, if you could have your chance to go and confess to Jesus Christ directly, like you would do that, right You would do that. Well, guess what? We actually have that opportunity. you know, through the sacramental grace, we know that Christ comes to us and is present to us in the confessional. and um, since God has chosen that means to, um, you know, dispense his forgiveness, you know, in the context of the sacrament of of penance, that means that the priest actually has special graces and a special way to be able to counsel you um, when, when, you know, when you're fighting with these sins and when you're fighting with these temptations. So it's not the same thing as going to a friend. It's not the same thing as going to a mentor and um, explaining things that uh, that you know that you you're ashamed of, or like you know confessing your sins to them, um, you're actually going to Christ and telling Christ, and Christ is speaking back to you.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, still, that Christ re- for everyone who's listening too, right? It's a human being, right? So right. Sometimes he may be a little grumpy. You okay, know? that's <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair too. So it's the man, but through the man, the one that b- absolves is Jesus Christ. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. And I would add... Uh, what I would add to that is um, two things. First of all, or more than two, but at least... First of all, uh, we should go to God directly as well, as soon as possible, right? So if I right. commit a sin or something, and it's a mortal sin, I still want to ask God forgiveness immediately, right? The, yes. sooner, the sooner the better, uh, to do an act of contrition and ask for forgiveness. But then there's an added thing there that, that Christ established a sacrament. And he, he says in uh, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, verses, verse 23, well, 21-23, he, uh, he says, Receive the Holy Spirit to the apostles, whose sins are forgiven, they will be forgiven, and whose sins you retain, they will be retained. So he gives power to the apostles and their successors to forgive sins for a reason. He didn't do, oh, just by the way, w- you're going to have this power, but you don't need to apply it to anybody, you know? So no, no, he gave this power because that's the path that God wants to, the ordinary path to forgive sins, right? So especially mortal sins. So uh, my venial sins can be forgiven through a an act of contrition. Through using holy water and doing the sign of the cross with a with a contrite spirit, um, and or receiving communion itself, I can still receive communion. Right, but if I commit a mortal sin, suppose I murdered a person, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, a an innocent person, right? Uh, I don't know, committed abortion or something. So those are mortal sins that we should also ask God forgiveness. And uh, but we there, there's something else that God established, a sacrament that God established, through which I need that absolution, I need that confession as a means for the forgiveness of my mortal sin, right? Um, So if Christ established that sacrament, it is for us to use it. Now, why did he establish that sacrament? Well, first of all, I don't know exactly, no, because I'm not Jesus Christ. But we can say uh, that it is a path of humiliation, right of of mm-hmm. humbling ourselves, of contrition to manifest our true contrition, Christ wants us to go to the priest and say this uh, these sins. by the way, the sin the priest, sorry, is still going to be uh, keeping all those things secret, so nobody else is going to know, and he even he cannot use the knowledge uh known by uh, confession for any other reason, right? So right. that has to remain it's a knowledge of God if you want, right? That is kept somewhere in I try to forget everything, you know, actually I forget a lot of stuff. So um so first of all, uh the the there's an act of contrition that is required uh in the act of and com- and confessing my sins that shows that the person is truly contrite, right? And uh and also um, there's a certainty of the absolution. So if I go to God uh, with my own words and say, Jesus, forgive me, and I can say, yeah, Jesus forgave me. But sometimes we're not completely sure, and people carry the weight of their conscience with them. Instead, when I go to a priest, I say my confession, I do my confession, and the priest gives me absolution, I have the certainty through the sacrament of Christ, through the, the physical presence of the priest saying these words and the, doing the sign of the cross over me, that I am forgiven of every sin that I have confessed, right? And that uh, gives me a, certain, a certainty that is beyond any words, right? So I, right. I, I can't express it correctly, right? Now, there's an added element in the act of confessing the sins and receiving the absolution that is the ecclesial element, right? So when we sin, we offend God, but we also offend someone in the, in, in the world, people, right? The church, we could say. We offend the, the community, the church. So when we sinned, we 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 injured God and the church. So we need the absolution from God, but also the from God through the church, right? So the confession adds that element. I'm reconciled also to the church. Um and it's it's m I would say, I mean, I've many times confessed to priests, but many times also to God, right? Uh, I ask forgiveness for my sins constantly. But the best thing is when you say it to a priest because I I said it and he gave me absolution, you know, so I have that right. certainty that otherwise it's always, there's always a little bit of a question mark, you know, when we say, okay, I went on my own to, to Jesus. Now, it's true that if I don't have a priest at hand, I can do an act of perfect contrition, which... I cannot judge it was super perfect or not, but I, if I try to do an act of perfect contrition, even my mortal sins can be forgiven, right? So, so that's an extraordinary way to uh, find forgiveness for our sins. But when confession is not available, and I'm, suppose I'm in the danger of death, I have to, I try to, I must try to uh, do an act of perfect contrition, and my sins could be, can be forgiven through my contrition being perfect, right? Because for for confession, the, as we said before. We need uh, contrition. We need the confession of our sins and the absolution of the priest and the fulfillment of the uh, the penance, right, or reparation. So the contrition is essential, right? Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's more or less my my take on it. Uh, why I would recommend yeah to definitely go to a priest apart from going to God, and that's why there's a sacrament in the church for that purpose. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, yeah, it is. It is really a wonderful thing to have, where you know that you know that the grace is there, whether or not you feel it, or whether or not you can. Yeah, um, it it doesn't. It it does. It doesn't. It's not based on you. It's based on. It's based on God giving us grace through the sacraments.
0: Right, and we have, and it's the act of faith that assures that assures us of that certainty. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Colton. Thank you, Ben, for all your input, for your presence here today and joining us and sharing your your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience. Uh, we hope to have you both sometime in the future. Uh, thank you, very everyone, for joining us today. Uh, please follow this podcast in your platform as po- if possible. And uh, yeah, if you can, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. And may God bless you, and we'll see you next time.